If you've just joined us for the first time, we've been engaged in a series uh, entitled, How Does Your Garden Grow? And what we've been doing is we're looking at all the metaphors that are in the scriptures that we read, all these metaphors about gardening, and we're taking them and looking at how they apply to our lives and how can we apply that to our life, because that's why the metaphors are in there to begin with. And if you're here with us for the first week, it was just trying to find a spot. You need a spot to grow. And I don't think there's a better space than God's garden. Amen? Because there's all other places you can plant and grow, but when you plant and grow there, it's death and destruction. It doesn't make you feel fulfilled. doesn't make, but hey, in his garden, I want to put myself there. I want him to be the gardener of my soul. Amen? And then... The next, the next time we looked, that was one stage, one, one stage of gardening. The next one, what we talked about, is compacted or hard soil. And it's really hard, if you've known anything about planting things, you, it's, you can't plant on compacted, hard soil. It won't accept anything that's being placed on it because it is all hard and rocky. And, and what we looked at is how our hearts can get like that. Your heart can get hardened. You can feel that way. And the Lord wants to cultivate your soil. He wants to break it up. And in that brokenness, might I add, is actually where you get growth. Because it doesn't feel like broken is good. You would think strong and hard is good. But that's the opposite in his kingdom. So our soil needs to be cultivated. Of our hard-heartedness needs to be changed. And then last week, Pastor Jeff spoke to us about sowing and reaping. And the one thing he said that I think stood out to me, as I'm sure it did for you, is you can only sow what you grow. You can only sow what you grow. And what, what that means, like, if you have, uh, if you are a certain kind of plant, let's say, I don't know, a pepper, and you have this, those seeds inside the pepper are what you're able to sow. But if you're feeding, like Jeff said, on a bunch of garbage or, or, or poo, right? then that you can't sow good seed because that's what you've done. So what we wanted to do, Pastor Jeff said last week, is we want to make sure that we are, we are going to him for the source, for his seed, and his seed is God's word and his, his Holy Spirit. So those were the stages that we looked at, and today I get the pleasure of giving you a really, uh, really encouraging one about pruning. <laughs> So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to John 15? If you don't have a Bible uh, with you, you can download the Bible app on your phone. Uh, I always, if you don't have that, it's free. It's awesome. You can download a lot of different translations, and uh, it's, it's a fun tool if you don't have it already. But we're going to be reading John 15. We're going to start right in the beginning. I'm going to have it on the screen as well for you. Jesus said this. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts, um, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every, branch does not, uh, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that will be even more fruitful. I just want to point out real quick, the branch that grows fruit is the one that's getting pruned. <clears throat> in verse 3, you already are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither you can bear fruit um, unless you remain in me. In verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, 
and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. That's so true. Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now here's the point I want you to get, this next verse. It is to my Father's glory. What is his glory? What is what's bringing him, what is, what is God excited about? What gives him honor? What gives him glory? It's this, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We see that also when Jesus said that, I, that he wants us to be known to be his disciples because of our love for one another. It's that the fruit, it, that gives God glory when we when we have good fruit. That gives God glory. That's why he's doing this. So my message for you today is this. Prune to bloom. Prune to bloom. I, came, I had a ton of different ideas and a ton of different sermon titles, and this is one I landed on because this is why we're pruned, is to bloom. That is what the, the purpose is. Now, I, I want to just give you a little disclosure before we uh, start into this. Number one, I don't have a green thumb. I, do you know what I mean by green thumb? I, I plants, like, so somebody who has a green thumb, if you don't know, is somebody who is very, very good at, at dealing with plants, dealing with the horticultural thing, like being able to, I don't have that. There's some of you ladies, I, I've gone into your houses, you got all these beautiful plants, you have all these, my wife has all these plants around the house, and when she goes away, like, like once she went to Myrtle Beach and left me to fend and, t- and tend to these plants, I didn't even think about it, not once. Like some of you, I've seen you in the church. Heidi, Heidi does this all the time. She'll walk and she'll see, oh, that plant needs to be, that plant needs to be watered. She's got green thumbs. She's thinking about it. She looks at the plant and says, that needs to be watered. I look at the plant and think, I wonder what's on Sports Center tonight. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just not that. And I don't want you to think that just because I'm talking about these metaphors that I'm an expert in this, I'm not. If you are, I'm probably going to say something that's not true or I'm going to screw it up somewhere. Listen, I am not the perfect gardener, but he is. So that's, that's where we are. So I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. But if you know anything about, about uh, gardening or horticultural things, you probably know about pruning. And pruning, if you don't, I got a definition for you here. Pruning is to trim a tree, shrub, or bush... By cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Why are they doing these things? To to bloom, so that plant blooms, so that it has more fruit. And like I said earlier, this is something that happens with a healthy tree, a healthy tree branch. He's looking at that. Some people look at it and get upset when they see that the the plant that's dead gets thrown away. Can I be honest with you? You all do that anyway. We all do that. When we walk through your yard, you got a dead, I just ripped off a dead branch off of a tree because my chainsaw wasn't working, but I ripped it off. And the reason why I ripped it off is because it was dead. And then I threw it into the bushes and where nobody could see it because I don't want a dead branch on my tree. But I want the tree 
<laughs> the tree's not dead, so I'm trying to take care of the tree. I want the tree to be healthy. So, in other words, this pruning is, is, is cutting away the dead weight in your life. The overgrown branches, the dead branches, in, an, in order to increase a fruitfulness and growth. I, like I said, I don't know anything about this. I tried to call Tom Britton this week and ask him, but he didn't answer. And I, he knows a lot about, he knows, if you want to know anything about, about trimming your apple trees, he will do it and he will literally destroy, you will think your tree is dead, but he knows what he's doing. Why would you cut off all that? Why would you do that? It's because he knows what he's doing. I don't. But I wanted to tell you this fun story as we talk about this idea of pruning. I got these pruning shear clipper things, the electric ones. You ever, you ever see those? I bought that thing. I bought that thing when we lived in East Aurora, which was like 13 years ago, right? 14 years ago, somewhere in that range, 14 years ago. I bought this thing. It was Black & Decker. It's not a very good brand or anything, but there were some trees in my yard that needed to be done. And how many of you know when you get a new tool, you want to use that tool somewhere else? You're right? You get, the, you get the tool, you get the thing, you're like, how else can I use this? Like, when you bought it, you're like, I could use this for everything. And then after you get everything done, you're like, what else can I use it for? So I was next door, and I was looking over uh, at there's this bush that's next door. And if, you, and, and if you can imagine this bush, there's a bush on the, on the west side of the church, and it's kind of where it gets kind of dark and gloomy. And there was this bush that when I came here, uh, next week will be 15 years. That, I don't think that bush had ever been trimmed. If it was, it was when Pastor Jeff and Jody lived here. But up until that point, they hadn't been there for, what, 96? So it was a long, it was a long time. And this thing was growing. When we talk overgrown branches, I'm talking thick overgrown branches that were just shooting up. It looked awful. So, because I had the new tool, I'm like, I'm going to take the initiative and I'm going to trim this, this bush. And here's the thing. Once I did it once, then if you remember, Faye Klein, who used to live in the back half of the church, when she lived back there, she's like, oh, Josh, can you trim it again? It's getting, you know, because I did it once. So I kept up on it over the years. I've done it every other three, three or so years, probably. Probably should do it more often. But I want to show you what I did this week. In preparation for my message, I trimmed that bush, okay? So here it is right there. You can see it. And honestly, this is a, a thousand times better than when I first found this bush. But you can see the overgrown branches shooting up from the top. You can see that. Now imagine that 10 times is worse because that's what it was, right? And there, there were dead spots because the overgrown branches were taking over and the, the little branches couldn't get the nutrients. So they couldn't get the sunlight. So they're dying. So I trimmed it. And here's what it looks. That's the before. There's the after. Now again... Again, I gave it a disclaimer. I don't have a green thumb, but I mean, I think I did a pretty good job with that. If you, if you go over there, you can inspect it and pick me apart for that. But I want you to realize that that is a much healthier and fuller, that's way healthier and fuller than it was before. You can get off that uh, so they, you can, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I don't want people really, <laughs> yeah. But it's healthier and fuller than it was when I first started to prune it. I want to say this just as we're starting out is don't resist the pruning in, God, in, in your life from God. 
don't resist the pruning that he does because he's trying to make you grow fuller. You know, when you do re- resist it, this is what because ha- normally it's a seasonal thing, right? Seasonally, we, this is the time of year that I trim it. I, again, I'm not an expert. Maybe there's a better time to trim it, but this is when I do it. And I'm doing it for that reason. Now, if the tree's like, no, stop, I don't want you doing that, well, I, there, that's not, that's not going to help anything. But here's what happens. You get that dead weight, and you say you resist God's pruning, and a year or two years from now, you're wondering, why am I still carrying this dead weight? Why are I, am I dealing with all the same problems I used to have? Why do I still have them? And I think it's because we've resisted God's pruning, and we didn't allow him to cut away the old and dead and overgrown branches in our lives. So we need to make sure that we don't resist the blessing, the blessing of pruning. I said blessing because it is a blessing. It is a blessing because we don't want our seasonal ish, the seasonal pruning that needs to be done when we resist it and we have these issues, they don't be, well, let me just say it this way. There's a difference between seasons and cycles. And a lot of times you'll hear somebody say, oh, brother, I'm in a season of being broke. I'm in a season of being broke. And then I'm looking, I'm like, man, you've been broke for five or six years. That's not a season. That's a cycle of brokenness. Some people say, well, hey, hey, you know, I'm in a season of healing. I'm in a season of going through this. I've been, you know, I've been in a season of God working on my heart. Okay. And they've been mourning the same relationship for the last two or three years. That isn't a season. That is now a cycle of resentment. That's a cycle of unforgiveness. That's a cycle, whatever you fill in the blank, because the season where God said, let's trim that out of your life, you said no, and you let it become a cycle. And now it's a cycle that needs to be broken in Jesus' name so that you can go through the season and get it out of your life. Amen? So it can happen. If you don't believe me, just a really quick, really quick, the woman with the issue of blood, it says that she was in a 12-year cycle. She was in 12 years, and she just said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. And she knew that he was the way, so she went to him, and that cycle was broken. He can break it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I got good news for you this morning. If you feel like you're in a cycle, if you feel like you have some overgrown branches, if you feel like there's some dead weight that you're carrying, I have good news for you that you do not have to carry it any longer. You do not have to carry it any longer. You do not have to carry that dead weight anymore. God's desire is not to see you struggle. God's desire is to see you bloom in your life with fruit. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. God's desire is not to see you carrying around all the dead branches and weight and wondering why he wants to cut those things out of your life so that you can be fruitful. But in order to do it, you got to be pruned. So I wrote down some truths about pruning that we, that we can take from these, these metaphors. We'll be going through those. But the first truth, and I'm sure you can all agree with this, is that pruning can be painful. Oh, pruning can be painful. Isaiah 18.5 in the Old Testament says this, For before the harvest, as soon as the bud blossoms and the flowers, uh, the flower becomes ripening uh, grape, he, then he, God, will cut off the sprigs with pruning knives and remove and cut away the spreading branches. That doesn't sound very comfortable, does it? 
I mean, as soon as I hear pruning shears, uh, hey, I mean, imagine, imagine for a second, you're the branch. Oh God, I want you to prune me. And as soon as he pulls out those pruning shears, you're like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold the phone, hold the phone. I think, it, you know, I would be like, you know, God, I got a better idea. I know you want me to be fruitful, but why don't we just leave that branch alone and you just make another one shoot up and then we don't have to deal with this? That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Um, In fact, you can't hold on to every hurt, every vice, thought, emotion, or dependency and expect there to be more fruit in your life when you're holding on to those things. The Lord says, Jesus says, hey, cast all of your burdens on me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All of them come to me. He wants, he's coming for the sick, not the healthy. Amen? So if you're acting like you're healthy and you got it all together, listen, he needs to work with you. I think we also, with this, because it's painful, we try to dictate to God which branch he's allowed to cut out of our lives. (laughs) You know, I, I like, yeah, there's like, maybe this is, maybe, maybe you could relate to this, but I, I was thinking of maybe somebody that's struggling with gambling. And they're like, God, I want you to take out this dead branch, this overgrown branch of gambling in my life. Lord, take your, take your pruning shears. Go for it, Lord. Take, just take it out. But then when he starts going, but wait, 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 not my poker buddies, not my poker friends. You can cut out the gambling, but not my poker friends, because, you know, we just get together once in a while, and I, I want you, no, he wants, if you're going to give him the whole area of your life, you have to give him the whole area of your life. You can't dictate, God, I want you to take this from me, but I'm not going to change this in my life. Remember, I told you this last summer, I've got a job, and he's got a job. We need to surrender, that's our job, because pr- we do these things because pruning is painful. Pruning is painful, but in order to bloom, you got to be pruned. So number two is this. Pruning is a process. It's a process. I was looking, shrubs and bushes, you know, we do that about once a year for their whole lives. Rose bushes. I've seen some people say, you got to do that a lot. They, they go wild and out of control. Uh, apple trees once a year. Or how about bonsai trees like Mr. Miyagi? Those bonsai trees two to four times a year. That's a lot of pruning. That's a lot of pruning. It, but I, I say all that because this, pruning isn't a one-time deal. There are Christians out in this world that believe, oh, I got that pruned and I don't have to deal with it any longer. I got pruned once. When I said yes to Jesus, I left it all at the cross, and I don't need to apologize for anything else. I haven't done anything else. I got pruned, and I don't need to do anything else because I'm under the blood. Well, you are, but you're still a human. That's a problem. You're still in a fleshly body, so there's still going to be things that are sprouting up in your life. I like this, you know, that apple tree, you know, hey, I was pruned last year. You don't have to come after me again. But the truth is, we do the same thing. Last year, God, yeah, last year, God dealt with my anger issues. I don't need to go through that again. But in the course of a year, now a new one has sprouted up. Maybe it's a different way of anger. Maybe before you were being, being nasty and mean, really loud. But now you've learned a way to kind of do, you know what I'm talking about, the anger that, that's quieter, you know, maybe the passive-aggressive anger. And, the, and, and you're like, I don't need to deal with that. I dealt with it last year. God's like, no, I want to deal with that one too because it's a process. I can imagine the guy saying, I apologized to my, my spouse years ago for hard-heartedness. 
I did that years ago. But once again, it's spread up in your life. And he wants to tend to it. In John 15, we read earlier, it says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I want to show you this here in the Amplified. It's here on the screen. I want you to read this because this, this kind of gives some more context. Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. So it's repeatedly it's continuous. It's not a one-time thing. And here's why. I've said that before. He's the gardener, and he's the perfect gardener. And the perfect gardener knows how to tend to his plants. The perfect gardener knows what they need. He cares for them. And yes, it may hurt at times. It may be continuous. But it's a lot better than being neglected by the gardener. Amen. Imagine if God just said, I'm just going to let them go through without their whole fight, like whatever they want to do, I'm just going to, we would be in chaos without the gardener. The gar if you've ever had a garden, if you don't tend to it, that thing goes wild. And it's like, I've heard, no offense, but I heard Jody that Jeff doesn't really like your garden so much because it's a lot of work. And that's what it is. But the perfect gardener loves the work in you. He loves to work on us because he, it brings him glory to see us bloom. It brings us glory to see, brings him glory to see us bloom. So the third thing is, is pruning protects us. So pruning hurts. It's painful sometimes. And, and it's a process, but it also protects us. We need to be pruned for things in our life that could bring destruction in our lives. How many of you know there's diseases that grow on plants? And in order for a good gardener knows how to get rid of those diseases. And I don't know about you. I think it's the obvious one, right? Sin in our lives is destructive, right? It says in Romans, Paul says, for the wages of sin is death. So that's an obvious one. But that's, that's not all I'm talking about here today. In fact, I was reading about these things called sucker shoots, Sucker shoots. That sounds like something you might have yelled at your spouse on the way out the door, right? Sucker shoot. I don't know. I got excited when I read it because now listen what these things are. You ready? Are you ready? Are you guys all here today? Are we all here? Sucker shoots are tiny offshoots that would drain and empty the vine so that there would be no, there would be no fruit, but there would be all the leaves. So the leaves are there, but the fruit's not. In other words, the tree looks like it's healthy on the outside, but it's bearing no fruit. On the inside, it's got this sucker shoot. The sucker shoot is taking out all the nutrients that it needs, but it looks good, but there's no fruit. I call that a religious spirit. Looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's not doing so hot. In 2 Timothy 3.5, Paul tells Timothy this, they, act, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. These are the type of people that, yes, they know, they know, they, they'll act religious. They know how to put on the show and look all great, but inside they're dead and they reject the power that could make them godly.
stay away from them. They're like, they have a master's degree in religion, but they're flunking out in life. It's like, they're very good at giving the impression of being religious, but they're broken inside. This is what the Lord wants to protect us from. He tells us, I made a whitewashed tomb. I don't want you to look great on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. He's more worried. He's more worried about what's inside your heart than he is what people think about you on the outside. If you don't believe me, look at Jesus. He's not worried about what people think about you. He's worried about what's inside your heart. People may think that they're religious. They got the leaves, but inside they're dying and they're bearing no fruit. It's like when you're trying to give the impression as a religious person, but you're undermining your boss. You're trying to give that religious, this religious facade that you got it all together, but you're being abusive to your spouse. Like if you have these things, you show up early on Sunday morning, you got all the right words, you're in your, your perfect Sunday best, but you're dealing with lust on a continuous basis and you won't allow God. Listen, do not reject the power that can make you godly, that can make you then make you more holy, to make you more what he has designed you to be. We need to be pruned so we can be protected from diseases and these sucker shoots in our life because they're not helping. And then finally, and this is my fourth one, pruning perfects us. Now, a lot of times people hear that word perfect and they go, oh, then we can never be perfect. That's not what I mean by this. This is another word for mature. To mature us. He wants to mature us. I want to say this, that not everything that is pruned in our lives is a bad thing. Some of it could seemingly be a good thing in our lives that we're being pruned from, and we don't understand why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Because the Lord is saying it's no longer beneficial to you in your life. Somebody had to hear that today. Apostle Paul speaks to this in, the, in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 13, 11. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. <laughs> I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away the, childhood behind, the childish ways behind me. What is he saying? He's saying not that those things were sinful or bad, per se. What he's saying is now that he's matured, now that he's grown in his faith, now he's been perfected, that now those things are no longer beneficial to him. It's like sucking a thumb when you're four years old is not a sin. And can I be honest? It's really not a sin if you're an adult that sucks their thumb. It's just going to be a little weird. (laughs) It's not going to be beneficial to you any longer. It was beneficial to you when you were a little kid. I mean, I was just looking over here at my buddy Vince over here. He's got a a little two-year-old daughter. She was sucking her thumb. That is totally appropriate for a two-year-old to do. But it's not appropriate for a 45-year-old to do. Or how many of you had a, had a, had a security blanket growing up? Or a security teddy bear? Yes, yes, you don't carry that around with you to work. Oh, I just want my, I got a hat. I have to have it. When you're, four, when you're four years old, I have to have it. I have to have it. Where is it? But when you're 45, 50, 55 years old, you're not carrying that thing around with you. You got your lunchbox in one hand. You got your briefcase. And then you got your pink blankie wrapped around your neck. I say all that because there's some things that the Lord wants to prune from our life so that other things can grow. How many of you know when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else? 
And sometimes things need to be cleared up in our lives so that the Lord can do his work. The Lord wants to perfect us. He wants to mature us. I want to say this to you. Not every friendship you have is beneficial for your life. Do you, you, do you trust the gardener? That's my question. Do you trust him? You know, when you look at Gideon, this came to me. You look at Gideon. He had like, what, 32,000? Is that right? 32,000? And then he dwindled it down to like 300? He said, hey, these people aren't really for you. In your army, I want, he took thousands and thousands and thousands of them, stripped them away. And you would think that's worse. Why would I want to get pruned? I don't want to get pruned. I need those. I need those people. He's like, they're not with you. I want to say this. Some of you got some people in your life that really are not beneficial. You know, I, I mentioned the poker guy, you know, the guy could take my gambling, but don't take my poker friends. Well, maybe you need to lose your poker friends for a little while. And maybe he wants to cut that out of your life so that you can develop new friendships and have more fruit than you did before. Again, he prunes the branch that is bearing fruit. That's the branch he's pruning. He, he says, yeah, you're burning. Well, I want you to grow more. I want you to grow more. Maybe it's just not beneficial. I think of this sometimes, you know, the empty nest situation. I know some of you have gone through that. Some of you are going through that now. Some of you are about to go through the empty nest situation. But if you don't know what that means, it's when your, your kids grow up and they, they start their own nests. And when that happens, that is a pruning. It's not a sin in your life. It's a pruning. Some of you are like, oh, man, did you really have to say that? Yes, I did. I'm sorry. Because this is, the, this is what God is doing in our lives. If we always think that it's a sin, and then when something gets pruned from our life, we're not going to be, you don't want to resist it. Don't resist the pruning in, God's, in your life that God's trying to do in you. It's for your benefit. Whoa. That seems upside down, doesn't it? It's for your benefit to cut this branch out of your life. But he's trying to mature us. He's trying to perfect us. I've been saying this over and over again. We should not be resisting the pruning of the Lord. He's the gardener. We're the garden. We're the garden. He does the tending. He does the pruning because he wants us to be fruitful in our lives. See, the more you mature, the easier the pruning process happens. <laughs> that original bush that I showed you, I, didn't, I only had to work on that for about 30, 45 minutes. That 35, the 30, 30, 45 minutes, before, the first time I did it was hours. But over the time that I've done some more, it gets a little easier. It gets a little better. And some of you, you listen, you gain perseverance when you're being able to be pruned when you're giving in to the pruning. It's not as drastic as you grow in him. And like I said, it's consistent because he wants to continue to mature us over and over again. But we don't want to resist that because if we resist it, we will not have the perseverance. And the, also the great thing of it is when it matures you, when you get, you get stronger. So now your, your life, when the storms come, you are actually more secure than you were before. It seems drastic, but I want to have the right perspective so that I can see what God is doing. And the more you give yourself to it, the more that he will do. You can see clearer when things are, when, think, when those overgrown branches are cut out, you can start to see things a little better. You start to prioritize things a little better. 
like, hey, this is important to me. This is important. This is important. But what's the most important? God, I want to ask you, what's the most? All this happens through this idea of being perfected. The more you go along in this walk with the Lord, the more you can see the why. And the more you can see the why in your own heart, you can help the person next to you who's going through a pruning. God wants you to be, you're next to the, yeah, listen, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Some of us got people next door to us in the branch next door, they're going through stuff. And God wants us to be an encouragement to them. I want to close with this. The ultimate demonstration of this principle we can see in the life of Jesus. Perfect, without sin. But he was pruned. Not for his sake, but for ours. I believe that the Father repositioned him and did this to exalt him to the world. During Jesus' earthly ministry, you probably know this, he was like Israel's greatest celebrity. When he was walking around, there was, people were following him, applauding to him, and they were going, you know, everybody except the religious leaders, really. People loved him. Then came the Father's cheers in their life. All that popular support that he had quickly waned. He was arrested. People said to crucify him. He was nailed on the cross to die, and his disciples deserted him. I know for Jesus, it felt like God had turned his back on him because he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He died on that cross alone, naked, stripped of every possession, being beaten and wounded. But where the Father prunes, he also brings a new glorious growth, life, and fruit. Three days later, Jesus, the Son of God, was raised from the dead. And in those 40 days, the Holy Spirit was poured out to the disciples. I want you to see something for a second. Because what Jesus said is, I got to go away. I got to go away so that you can grow. He was pruned for our sake, but he had to prune himself out of the lives of the disciples. So why? Why would he do that? so that they could receive the Holy Spirit. How many of you know sometimes things need to be taken away from your life so that you can get more? And Jesus said, listen, it's great that I'm here in the flesh with you, but I gotta go. There's gonna be some pruning going on because after he came back to life, after he was resurrected from the dead, his disciples came back. He said, listen, it's not gonna work like this. You got somebody coming and in my absence in the flesh, you are going to grow and multiply. Jesus is, uh, Jesus is the ultimate fruit vine. He's the ultimate fruitful vine. And he's been producing fruit. Even to this day, he's still producing fruit. There were thousands, thousands of people that, gave, that, that came to Jesus or that came into a relationship with God when, when, the, when the Holy Spirit descended on those disciples. When they, when they accepted it, yes, they got Jesus pruned from their life. That's, that's a great thing, but Jesus knew what they needed because God's the perfect gardener. He had predicted, listen, <laughs> he had predicted it would be this way, declaring unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. 
I want to say this to you this morning. If you're in the midst of a season of pruning, don't have any, listen, don't have fear. It's not a bad thing. The master gardener knows what he's doing in your life and you will end up even far more beautiful than you were in the beginning. You'll be far more fruitful in the beginning. But if we resist, if we resist what God is doing in our lives, then we're going to miss it. I want to say this to you today. Do not expect, do not expect God to give you full healing if you're not fully submitted. I don't know how this works, but here's how it makes sense in my brain. When we give the Lord things and give them full access to our lives, that's when he can do a full work in our lives. But if we start saying, God, you can't touch this branch. I don't want this one dealt with quite yet. Listen, we're not giving in. We're not submitting to the vine. And I need the gardener. I need that. I don't know about you, but if you, I don't know if you, how you've been doing with trying to garden yourself, like trying to prune, you can't because you're not the master. This has come down to the, the main point is that we're planted in this soil. We are giving him free reign to move, to cultivate the soil of our life so that we can feed on him, so we can do all these things. And he wants us to grow fruit. He does these, not because he's mad at you. And can I tell you this too, real quick, real quick, not everything that bad happens to you is from the devil. Everybody does, oh, the devil, get behind me, Satan. They start rebuking the devil when they should be repenting to the gardener. We got we to gotta be able to realize that, yeah, oh, get it. I get it that the enemy's moving. The enemy's doing all this stuff. Listen, the enemy's doing stuff, but the Lord is sitting there. He's the one that is able to work it all out for the good. Yeah. It's like the enemy, oh, it's, things are getting hot, but guess what? God's got the thermostat. He's good. He, he, you trust in the gardener. Trust in him. We'll submit to him because he's a perfect gardener. Will you stand with me today? Father, we're standing here today, and I, I specifically am asking God that you would right now, even in the hearts of us, Lord, even in our hearts, Lord, start revealing the areas that you're trying to prune from us. And God, I ask right now for anyone that's in this place that is, that's feeling the weight of this, that's feeling the heavy branches, that's feeling the overgrown things that have gotten way out of control. Lord, I pray right now by your Holy Spirit that you start cutting those things away. Lord, I pray that we would be open for you to take out your pruning shears, to take out, take out the electric saw, Lord, and start taking out the things in our lives that are holding us back, that are overgrown, the good things and the bad things. Lord, we ask right now that you would come and do a master work in our lives. You are the master gardener. You want the best for us. And God, we believe what you said in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you have plans for us, good plans, plans for us to prosper, not plans to harm us. No, no, Lord, you know what it's like for sacrifice. Lord, you know what it's like to sacrifice certain things so that good things can happen. And God, we're standing here today praising your name because what you did on the cross for us, Lord, when you were pruned, when you you were bruised when you were beaten not for not for your for your sake but for ours lord let us be an example of that let us be an example we want to be like you jesus we want to be like you lord we ask that you help us we ask that you help us
But that song that we were singing, I need you. It just hit me like a ton, ton of bricks over there. It's like, I think sometimes we get so focused on these little branches that we're like, I need that one. I need that one. No, 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 don't, don't, don't touch that one. That one. That one makes me feel better. I got a lot of history there. But what do we really need? We need him. We need him. God. Oh, how we need you, Lord. Lord, I pray that right now, I pray that there would be some comfort for those that are going through some pruning in their lives, whether that's a sin in their life, whether that's an overgrown branch, something just going out of control, or whether maybe it's a, it's a friendship, a relationship. I, you know, it could be a career. God could have you in a new spot right now, and you're wondering, what else am I doing? What am I doing? Lord, would you minister their heart? Because I know that you want what's best for us. So today, Lord, we are not, I'm not resisting your pruning. Lord, help us not try to dictate what you do. We know it can be painful. We know that it's a process. But God, we know you're trying to do a work in our life. We know you're trying to perfect us. You're trying to protect us. And God, we just give our, our lives to you again, afresh this morning. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. I need you. You are my source. Lord, you are the life that gives me life so others can have life. Lord, I pray that today over all the people here in this room, all those watching online. Lord, we're, we're just committing ourselves to you. And we're not going to resist your pruning. Because in able to bloom, we got to be pruned. We know and we trust you, the master gardener. And we all said, amen, amen.